0: I'm Robert Colangelo and this is Green Sense, where we bring you eco-innovations that are changing your world. This week, Tom Appel, publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive, and I will discuss hydrogen power vehicles and are they an alternative to EVs. Tom, welcome to Green Sense.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. And I'm actually pretty excited about this topic. Uh, We've talked a lot about EVs as a replacement for gas uh, combustion engines over the years. And we've looked at the pros, the cons, and the advancements that the industry's made uh, as these cars have become more popular. And I thought that it would be time to talk about alternatives. And there's a lot of talk about hydrogen being the future of green energy, providing a zero emission fuel for transportation and electricity generation. So let's do a deep dive and explore the facts around this issue. Sound good? Yeah. All right, well, hydrogen, it turns out it's the most abundant element on earth. So that's a good thing. And it can be found in in compounds uh, uh, formed with other elements. And so you can find it in all phases, either a liquid, solid, or a gas state. And so currently most hydrogen is produced from natural gas. So my question to you, is hydrogen really a clean source of energy when you look at it from cradle to grave? and especially now that uh, a lot of governments are trying to get away from fossil fuels.
1: Yeah, the problem with hydrogen, I think, is that it sounds clean, right? We, we use it, we live in it, it's everywhere. So hydrogen sounds like a clean energy source. Uh, and it is theoretically, but one of the problems with hydrogen is that it's difficult to extract from the atmosphere. There are two ways to do it. One uses electricity, the other uses propane heat. Uh, but in both cases, getting hydrogen pure so that you can put it in a tank and use it for something is extremely energy expensive uh, and thus kind of conflicts with the notion that the fuel is clean.
0: Well, and we find that hydrogen is found in its greatest quantities in water, H2O. So what are the challenges of using water to produce hydrogen?
1: You need a lot of electricity. There's one estimate that I read that it takes about 39 kilowatts of energy to produce one kilogram of hydrogen. Uh, There is a well-to-wheel estimate on gasoline that it takes about eight kilowatts of energy to get gasoline from the well someplace in Saudi Arabia to your fuel tank somewhere in Pittsburgh, uh, about eight kilowatts of energy. So that is five times more energy just to strip hydrogen from the atmosphere using electricity. And one of the things that a lot of proponents for hydrogen say is, well, we'll use a green fuel source or a green source for the electricity, like solar or, or, or wind, which is great, but that isn't happening yet. And that does take that kind of clean energy away from other uh, uses.
0: Why isn't it happening yet?
1: Uh, I think it's not happening because I don't think anyone actually believes we're going to be using hydrogen as a, as a fuel source for automobiles, at least not consumer automobiles. It makes so much more sense for over the road trucks, uh, partially because hydrogen is so difficult to store in a vehicle.
0: So, is there a way we could use water to fuel vehicles and have that process that breaks down H2O into hydrogen on board in the vehicle? And so that we produce a byproduct of oxygen. Does that sound well, too pie in the sky?
1: <laughs> it, it does not, but we're already doing sort of that. The, the, the process of the best process of using hydrogen to fuel a car is a fuel cell. And a fuel cell takes hydrogen um, and, and a catalyst, which is usually uh, platinum. Uh, and produces electricity with a very small electrical charge. So that's very, very clean. In fact, it's zero emissions. And then the car operates basically like an electric vehicle. But but to move the conversion of atmosphere into hydrogen to the car would be incredibly, incredibly complicated, expensive. And then you have to store uh, hydrogen and water on the vehicle, uh, it's so, and, and electricity. So you have three things you need to store to make that vehicle work.
0: Wow, this hydrogen's not sounding as uh, good as it uh, sounds on the surface. So let's get into uh, the common ways hydrogen's used as a fuel-to-power vehicles. You mentioned one, fuel sales. The yeah. other is combustion engines. So let's take a deeper dive into that hydrogen fuel cell. So tell us, Tom, how does the hydrogen fuel cell work to produce electricity? You gave us an overview. Give us a little bit more detail.
1: Yeah, a fuel cell vehicle is essentially an electric vehicle that gets its electricity, not from a battery, but from the fuel cell. And a fuel cell basically takes hydrogen, which runs over the stack, they call it the fuel cell stack, uh, which is covered with palladium. That's your catalyst and then charged with a very low charge of electricity. And the palladium and the electricity together, or I'm sorry, the little dose of electricity release a lot of electricity as hydrogen basically becomes water as it mixes with the atmosphere. So the emission is just water. So that's wonderful, it's totally clean and you get good electric power, which is a great way to power a car. The problem is that hydrogen is incredibly difficult to store because it's stored under great pressure. So you need large cylindrical tanks that are also heavy and you still need a battery to act as a buffer, more or less the size of a hybrid vehicle battery. So you have a lot of weight, a lot of complexity and a lot of cost.
0: Just using some simple common sense, this doesn't make economic sense. If I have this not so clean process and an energy intensive process to make hydrogen, and now I've got to run it through a fuel cell to make electricity. Yeah. doesn't make sense. Am I missing something?
1: <laughs> oh, and you lose now, in an internal combustion engine, you lose about 70% of the energy to heat when you're burning gasoline. Fuel cells are a little bit cleaner than that, but you're still losing 60% of it, 50% of it to heat loss or just inefficiency of the fuel cell. So it's kind of a waste, too, that you've used all this energy to create this hydrogen, and you're only getting use out of 45 to 50% of it.
0: So give me a short list of the pros of a fuel cell.
1: Uh, What you get with the fuel cells are the pros, basically, of an electric vehicle. So zero emissions, at least on board the vehicle. And you get the wonderful torque of an electric motor, which is why there are commercial applications for fuel cells that make sense. Um, And and basically, it's pretty much a a maintenance-free situation once it's running. Fuel cells are pretty reliable.
0: And the cons?
1: The cons are the added weight and complexity of storing hydrogen, the relative inefficiency of the fuel cell relative to the cost and energy required to produce the hydrogen uh, and just the complexity relative to an electric vehicle
0: so you don't have to charge if you have a fuel cell but you'd still have to fill your tank with hydrogen
1: yes and fueling would be easy if there were fuel stations right now there's something like 100 stations all of them are within 10 miles of los angeles so no one has committed to infrastructure
0: so you're back to the infrastructure issue, just like charging stations for EVs. So exactly. let's move on to the next one. <laughs> How does a hydrogen work in a combustion engine?
1: It works relatively well. You're using hydrogen then instead of gasoline. Uh, you still have the storage issues. But one of the problems with hydrogen in a, in an internal combustion environment is, though the combustion works just fine, the energy des- density of the fuel is, is uh, diminished. in in exposure to the atmosphere because you still need air, right? You're burning it just like you're burning gasoline. So you have to take it in the atmosphere and the power output of those engines is very low. Uh, It was about 15 years ago, BMW was experimenting with an internal combustion hydrogen powered um, V12 seven series. And this six liter V12 was only putting out about 190 horsepower, well below that engine's potential of three or 400 if it was powered by gasoline.
0: So again, what are the pros and cons to a hydrogen combustion engine?
1: Um, the, the, the pros are somewhat cleaner emissions, though the nitrogen emissions are higher. Uh, I'm not sure there are a bunch of pros.
0: <laughs> yeah, because it sounds like uh, you still have a combustion engine, so you, you're not eliminating the simplicity of a car like an electric engine. And you have the complexity of getting a, a hydro, hydrogen infrastructure and storing it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's complicated. And the range would be greatly diminished because storing hydrogen is so difficult.
0: So Tom, why so much interest in hydrogen lately?
1: I think because it sounds good. I think people think it's a panacea. Also, as we enter the the electric car era, I think a lot of people are just a little bit shocked that it's not as easy going as it could be, right? The electric charging infrastructure isn't quite there. Electric vehicles are expensive. Home charging is a thing you have to overcome. And it takes a long time to charge if you're on the road. And I think that these realities are are forcing people who were originally at least green intenders or green advocates like, oh, this isn't as easy as I thought. Hydrogen has got to be the answer.
0: So, Tom, do you see uh, hydrogen fitting into the transportation network in any way? Is there a best case uh, that, where this can work?
1: Yeah, if we decide that as a society, we need to get rid of diesel engines, and we probably do because diesel is slightly dirtier than gasoline in most cases. Hydrogen makes sense there because in over-the-road trucks... Uh, fuel cells work. You're going to get the torque that you need. And because you can store so easily hydrogen in big tanks on the back of the truck, you're like you think about where the sleeper cab is on an over-the-road Class 8 truck, that's easy storage. Additionally, the infrastructure would be simpler to install because big trucks basically stick to the, the interstate. So truck stops could be equipped to handle that. I think this is a long way down the road, but there are truck makers like Cummins, General Motors, Nikola, Toyota, even not Tesla, but other truck makers that are looking at doing fuel cell big trucks. And I think that makes sense.
0: Would you be able to manufacture the hydrogen at the gas stations?
1: Um, If it's used enough, and it's like a commercial operation, you probably could. Solar might be tough, but a lot of these truck stops, especially as you go west, are located near wind farms. So if you wanted to engineer your fuel, your energy supply for the conversion, you could probably arrange that. So
0: put your SWAMI cap on and uh, do
1: your <laughs> prediction.
0: How far off do you see that in the future?
1: Um, I think regular use of, of hydrogen over-the-road trucks because there's so much push for manufacturers to do something green. I, could, I think we're going to see small test fleets operating in about five years and larger but still test fleets in 10 years.
0: Uh, well, thank you for that prediction. Um, and we'll check back with you in five or 10 years and see <laughs> how, how accurate that would became. So, we go back to EVs, and the big issue is this charging infrastructure, uh, especially if you're not using a Tesla or you you live in an apartment or a multifamily dwelling. Do you see any other alternative uh, uh, to to gas combustion engines coming up?
1: No, I really don't. I think that electricity makes the most sense. One of the great things about electricity versus gasoline engine vehicles is right now, if you talk about a gasoline or diesel powered vehicle, of which there was something like 270 million on the road in the United States, every one of those has emissions equipment on board, which is so wasteful. Where, when you have an electric vehicle, your emissions equipment is one power plant. You, you don't have to you yeah. don't have to carry that stuff, pay for that stuff. Uh, you don't have to mine for palladium for that stuff. So uh, it's, it, it, it's just a better system.
0: Sounds great well last show we talked about the pending diesel crisis uh do you have any updates on that
1: it's, i haven't
0: heard much in the mass media since we I covered haven't heard that. anything
1: <laughs> I, I think the situation has softened i haven't checked i should have checked prices before we went to uh to record today but uh it sounds like because we're not hearing of it it's not getting worse
0: okay <laughs> well tom uh you're always a wealth of information and we greatly appreciate your time and for sharing your insights on the uh, show today
1: oh pleasure was mine
0: robert That's Tom Appel, publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive with our Green Automotive News. Green Sense is an independent radio show. We rely on sponsorships and listener support to produce high quality audio broadcasts that promote innovators with sustainable solutions. If you're interested in sponsoring the show, visit the greensensefarms.com website to learn more. I'm Robert Colangelo. Thank you for listening to Green Sense and check out the Green Sense Minute every Thursday and Saturday on 105.9 FM, WBBM Chicago.